Welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 339 for January 21st, 2022. Happy New Year, incidentally. Today's guest is comedian and musician Ian Lockwood. We'll be talking about his latest EP, Not Like Other Girls, comedy, music, comedy music, and so much more. Ian's music is so much fun. It's, it's so much fun. And so is our chat. You're really going to love this conversation. Uh, by the way, I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for well over 16 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. I'm literally in all of them. If I'm not in one, I demand that you tell me so I can make sure I'm there too. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelherron or email me mikeypod at gmail.com. Hello, welcome to the show. As I'm saying all that stuff about social media, I'm on the verge of just <laughs> dumping it all, which seems strange. Um, you know, I should have my friend Sugar Vendel on the show at some point. If you're a longtime listener, you may recall that way back when I was doing the Mikey Pod Live uh, with guest musicians, Sugar was one of the guests, and um, she made a very uh, wow. I, I could go on about this for a long time, so I'm going to kind of cut cut to the. Cut to the end takeaway, which is I'm seriously thinking about the value of no longer being on social media. I think a lot of people are thinking about that. That's some fresh idea <laughs> that I'm just coming up with. Um, but it's it's interesting. So if you're listening to this from the future, uh, you may not be able to find me on social media. It seems like that would be such a relief, but also like really terrifying which makes it seem like maybe it really is a good idea. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Do you have thoughts about social media and dumping it? Um, wow. Okay, so um, the things I do want to check in about for sure is that my website is like <laughs> fully <laughs> getting uprooted and redone. Um, I'm very excited about that. It's not a task that I wanted to do or money I wanted to spend, um, but for various reasons that needed to happen. I mentioned this in the last episode. So if you look currently at the MikeyPod.com site, it looks like total trash. <laughs> I was working on it myself and trying to fix some things. A lot of stuff had changed. And I finally just put like a really ridiculously basic theme on my WordPress site just so it's workable. Um, so it looks like crap. <laughs> it looks really bad. <laughs> Um, but it won't for long. Uh, yeah. The other thing that is frustrating is during that whole process, I realized that all of the episodes, all of the podcast episodes, what do I have? Like 340 of them almost, uh, plus like 70 some odd bonus episodes. All of them, I have to reattach the the audio files to. So this, can we... Yeah, so um, please appreciate my hard work and crappy-looking website. Um, but it's all coming out fresh, and that's really the only update I have for you. I'm working on a a project that's really not worth mentioning yet. It's going to be very exciting, but it's a, it's a music I'm writing for an animated short, uh, which is a great short, but you can't see it yet, so that's just what's happening. 
Before we get into the interview, I want to make sure I thank my subscribers on Patreon for powering this podcast. These are people who subscribe for $5 or more a month and get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines, bonus podcasts. There are over 60 of them, almost 70, I think it's almost 70, that you'll have immediate access to when you subscribe, including this week's bonus episode, which features an extended conversation with today's guest, Ian Lockwood. Um, and also this week, I'm sending out uh, hard copies of my new zine. It's called Teeth. So, um, be looking in the mail for that if you're a patron. And if you're not a patron, why not join us? All right. <sighs> Ian's music is so good. Like, and we'll talk about this. So I don't want to go too far into it. But something I really appreciate about what he does, he does especially well in this next song. Uh, it's called No Homo. And just stick, stick with it. Like, keep listening. <laughs> Listen to the lyrics. Like it's a joke. It's a funny premise that it starts with, but it keeps going. And um, I think it's one of the brilliant things about him. And kind of like one of the things I'm going to take away is my, with my own creative work, um, like a, a, an interesting thing we'll talk about later. So anyway, this track is called No Homo from Ian Lockwood. My girl took a one-way flight But now I got my boys here with me We're making the most of the night Let's go crazy, let's get wild I'm feeling amazing, let's go for a drive We're all looking fire, especially Ray When he and I lock eyes, well I just gotta say Bro, you're looking tight and fine, no A straight night gateway It doesn't count if we leave on our socks Who needs our exes? My bro has my heart Let's jump in the hot tub Stay five feet apart Yeah, we could get married As sort of a goof I want you to take me As long as our balls don't touch, dude Bro, you're looking tight and fine No homo I can get you off my mind No As childhood companions Your family's estate was right next to My family's farm Oh, just you The only one I'd show my poems to My father said books were distractions I had to learn how to do agriculture And your mom saw us laying in the 
grass Trading whispers, holding hands Took you in and told your dad The next day you had a fresh bruise Took you to St. Andrews I'd never see you again And suddenly it was ten years later by profession A humble farmer wanders into confession And he's sweating and he looks dirty and tan And it drives you crazy when he enters the confessional Breathing heavy stress in hell Tell you I'm a sinner but I never start writing Just take the poem I wrote on the day that you left And you said you didn't leave me You were taken Just read the damn poem please so you take it through the screen like a dream There's so much that you wanna say But you can't though You open the parchment It says no That was No Homo from Ian Lockwood, who is joining me now on the podcast. Ian, welcome. I cannot wait to talk to you about your music. And that time is now. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Let's talk about the song we just listened to first. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you're a musician and a comedian. Like, that all is encapsulated in this music. Um, uh, thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, we have, like, uh, it's so funny. Suddenly, I'm like, wait, what do we start with? We'll talk about the song, No Homo. Ah, Mm-hmm. Where it's it's very like I was as I was getting set up to talk to you that was what I was listening to and it's very like mm-hmm. vibey like I, I don't know how to describe that any better than that but I think you know what I mean. Oh yeah, people always tell me that it, it's I'll I'll admit this that is not my favorite of the new songs to sing because it has a re- <laughs> I think you may have caught a very very intense vocal thing happening at the end. Yeah, uh, with some riffing, but uh the so sometimes i it's definitely one of my best and sometimes i don't play it and friends of mine will be like you gotta do that one you gotta do that one every time it's my favorite i love it and i'm like uh they they, but they really love the music of it which i cannot take full credit for uh but they they love the music they want to hear it every time so uh unfortunately i think i might just have to invest in some good vocal (laughs) warm-ups You mentioned that you can't take full credit for the music. Mm-hmm. Someone else was on board, like producing the tracks. Is that how it works? Yes, a little bit. Uh, so I write these songs acoustic on my instrument of choice, whether that's like ukulele or piano or guitar. And then I hop into the studio for bedroom sessions with my friend and producer, Dave Bowers, who's really, really talented. We can both use uh, Logic uh, to, to build tracks, but he is just so much faster and a much more talented musician. Uh, so that's when I go into uh, music director mode, and I've been told I can be a little bit demanding <laughs> in that in that point. But uh, I uh, I'll I'll take the you know MIDI keyboard controller over a little myself. But a lot of it is me saying to Dave. But what if the baseline went like It's just and I'm like do that, put that one in there. But so it's a collaboration, but it would not have been possible at all without his musical talent and uh, then we bring it to another producer and mixer to mix them but also throw in other 
cool things and work as a producer. His name is Kyle Joseph and he is also extremely talented. Uh, it it shows like the tracks are like super like crisp, well produced, and great. Like it's it's all so good. Thank you. Well, I wanted to take care of the music because uh, there's a lot of bad comedy music out there. I have to admit it. And yeah. a lot of the time, like the easiest weakness is it just doesn't sound good. Um, I say a lot that I wanted these tracks to have a certain quality, which is. Um, musical comedy fans are so beautiful and sincere and will think I'm at a party. I bet if I throw in my favorite musical comedy song, everyone will love it. Spoiler alert. Uh, everyone goes, what the hell is this? Turn this off right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so a quality I wanted it to have was, um, the opposite of that. If you threw this on at a party, it would be good to listen to. People would vibe to it. They might be like, this is different but they would not demand you immediately turn it off <laughs> yeah because musical co- I, a restaurant i used to work at years ago there was someone that worked there that would i it was it was a long time ago i think like satellite <laughs> like restaurant music was new so there were all these uh-huh. different channels someone i worked with would put it on like classic musicals at this sort of like <laughs> hip like like upscale restaurant and i was always like what uh-huh. why are we why are we listening to like Sweeney Todd right now? This is not. Yeah, that's the exact same thing. And there's a lot of crossover in those groups of fans. But yeah, like people, when you are invested in either of those genres, you love it so much and you know what's good and you know why it's good. But it's hard to convince someone of that just by playing them the music. I have to admit, like, I thought Hamilton was really, really corny the first time I listened to just the album, not not having seen the musical. Uh, and then it's since grown on me, but I was like, this sounds like a book report. This sounds really bad. I haven't seen, seen it yet. I, I'm actually seeing it next week for the first time, but um, when it came on Disney plus, I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I should watch this. Like now I can totally watch it. And I had the same, just watching it. I was like, Oh, I can't like, I I can't follow this. And it's only been like two minutes. I think being sitting in a theater where there's no like distraction, I think will really help. Absolutely. I mean, I think seeing things live adds so much. I love, I mean, that's why I love to go see live music because I'm like, Ian, you think you liked this album? Get ready to really like this album after you see it live. Yeah. You just had a performance. Was it, did you perform at your album release? Yeah. I had a big album release show. Uh, It was truly a full concert of uh, this whole EP and a few more things from the last EP. Uh, It was a blast. I had some really incredible comedians open for me. Uh, not musical comedians, because you know, definitely be one in the room. But uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, but yeah, it was a blast to to be able to do a full format concert, especially after like the last two years, uh, was really really fun. Yeah, and was the audience like hyped to be in a public place <laughs> together? Oh yeah, they were hyped. It's been in in New York City. We have been since the summer, sort of gathering for shows like this. Um, thanks to whether you agree with it or not, I have to say the vaccine mandate lets us experience life a lot closer to normal. I highly recommend it. Have you always had the inclination to combine your comedy with music? Not always. I knew it was possible. I was always doing music and comedy through childhood, even if not formally, you know, even if that meant like showing up in a beautiful French beret to do the morning announcements in the fifth grade. Um, (laughs) I count that as comedy, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) I, and God, what a beret. Um, I 
always did both. And then definitely some musical theater experience told me like, Hey, songs can be funny too. And then I found, um, Bo Burnham, who is still going and still crushing. It gets better and better all the time. And, uh, flight of the Concords was a huge, the HBO show and band was a huge influence for me. And I realized, Oh, this is a genre. This is amazing. And so for comedy shows around the city, I would occasionally write a funny little song. If, if, uh, if the the moment arose, if, if it made sense, but they were dinky, you know, I'd played on my ukulele, uh, horny for Bowser actually from the first DP. I, I should start a sentence with horny for Bowser. But <laughs> I think you should only on start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a, a song on the first EP called horny for Bowser actually was one of the earliest songs. And it came out of me like, Oh, this show you're supposed to, present a uh a gay topic it, it was called queer saints it was a show run by my friends tim Cobb and david perez but you were supposed to like make a new presentation about a gay topic and i i decided to do a topic about how bowser was a gay icon and we're then talking, i wrote a song around it is it bowser from shanana that guy no no bowser from the mario super mario series games. oh okay got it <laughs> <laughs> um though i do love shanana also we can talk about that but uh, but the, so the, it was just that. And honestly, I was a little bit, um, shy to do it because there's some really amazing comedy music and a large bulk of pretty bad comedy music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of with everything uh, when you get into it. But, uh, but I was, I was almost down on the genre to be honest. And then I, so I kind of suppressed the fact that I had all of the skills to possibly combine into doing something I love. And then as soon as I started really committing to it, I went, Oh, Oh, this is my thing. I love doing this and I will never stop doing this. Ah, uh, that's really cool. Like I can really relate to that idea of, well, I guess it's kind of both like being inspired to do something that exists really well and exists really badly. And both of those things can kind <laughs> yeah. of get in my head and be like, you're going to be like those shitty people or you're not going to be good enough to be the really good people. Like, is there like, is there a a certain amount of that that you had to get past? Like, uh, what's, I can't think of the word I need. Um, but you're nodding your head. So I guess you relate. No, completely. Like it was just because there were, uh, I didn't necessarily want to be lumped in with the, the group of it. I mean, I think you can dunk on comedy music. I, I will fully allow it. Uh, and I didn't, I, I was almost convinced that it wasn't a, a cool genre, but uh, especially lately, also a lot of incredible comedy music and a lot of uh, a lot of music is returning to media. Uh, commercials are jingles again, which is insane. Um, there are tons of of musical TV shows and musical comedy TV shows. Uh, Girls Five Eva is one that people should definitely check out. It's really fun um, and. Uh, so I, I was just, yeah, I think I was blinded by other people's opinions, which is never good. But then also something I, that I never really connected until now is uh, it's really scary when you move to New York to do comedy or do art or do anything. Um, you are sort of saying like, okay, I'm playing with the big boys. I'm here to make it. Um, I've been to other cities like Chicago, which can, can be a little bit like that, but also are like a lot more a love of doing the thing. Um, it's very like business minded here. So it's kind of scary to do anything niche intentionally. Cause you're like, Oh, this doesn't have the broadest appeal. What am I doing? Yeah. Well, there was something that w- we were going to touch on that we talked about before when now maybe is the time to do it. Mm. Um, just about this notion. Cause it's, 
you mentioned that you don't, you're not really doing this to get rich or even really <laughs> make money off of it, um, which is a obstacle for me when I get into my own space with my creative creative work. Mm-hmm. of just like, oh, nobody cares. I'm not making money. Like those are all mm-hmm. places I can go to like sort of sabotage myself. So it's especially mm-hmm. interesting to me that you're just like straight out. Nope, I'm just making this because I make it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard to make money as a sort of micro musician for sure. Uh, and that at the same time, there are easier routes to just pivot to like, hey, you like my music, I can write this music for your TV show or oh, hey, you like my music, I'll write you this jingle, uh, which, you know, pay like 10,000 times <laughs> as much. Uh, so I'm not too worried about it. The, um, the anecdote I was alluding to just before we jumped on uh, for a little behind the curtain was uh, yeah. uh, I went to I went to Chicago to do a really awesome uh, comedy music festival, actually, called Bump Fest. Uh, and everyone there was so nice and so sweet. They asked me to bring some merch and they didn't make it sound optional. They were like, oh, and make sure to bring your merch and tell us what it is. And I'm like, what is what is my merch? OK, I'll uh, I'll make T-shirts. And I made T-shirts and I brought them. I get there. And I completely misunderstood the assignment. Everyone is selling CDs. (laughs) So I showed up with a big box of t-shirts, but I talked to them and they were really into um, Bandcamp and direct selling their, their CDs to their audience um, in hopes of eventually, yeah, making a a career financially out of music, which just isn't something I, for for like the niche genre of comedy music, I never thought that would uh, be my golden ticket. So I just sort of send people to streaming. Oh, we were talking about uh, playing, yeah, multiple of my songs maybe on the podcast and you were saying, oh, I don't want to eat your whole lunch. And I was like, no, 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 play them. People can rip them. Well, okay, I shouldn't say people can rip these songs, but people can rip these songs. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> but nobody would want to. Like, that's kind of not, not that nobody would want to rip your songs, but like people just stream music now. Like, yeah. it's kind of silly to even sell CDs. It seems yeah. I always feel like maybe it's, I'm uh, missing something, but I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, these guys, they do it in a cool way. It almost becomes like a collection, like having all of the now CDs. But for me, yeah, I, I never saw it super fine. I, I'm sure. Oh my God. I'm sure if you're a musician, like non-comedy musician listening to this, this is so heartbreaking what I'm saying, <laughs> but I, I just never saw it as a way to make money directly just because there are, other opportunities to make money from this and they're sort of tangential yeah and yeah but i have my own little thing i go off on and i'll try to just do it quickly (laughs) it's this whole idea of like people musicians and i say this as someone who didn't start making and releasing music until after the internet kind of had like changed the way people consume music but it feels like to me like making mu- making my music available to like the niche people that it would be available to is mm-hmm. e- so much easier now like with the internet like mm-hmm. no one would even know that i was making music like how would i tell them so it's like <laughs> yeah it's kind of live shows fair, I guess. yeah but then that i could only yeah. like do them right in my little town yeah. or, you know um, mm-hmm. i mean i live in new york so i guess it's not a little town but <laughs> <laughs> but you know i think yeah. i think the payoff is is a good one or the trade-off is a good one yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's, it also is, uh, wh- however you want to look at it, depressing or encouraging to see things, to see those other opportunities. Like um, I met somebody who uh, is a musician at a party recently, and they had some great listen counts on Spotify. 
um, and their music was really good. But one song had like five million, like six million, uh, opposed to their, you know, like hundred thousand on the others, which is still incredible, like still amazing. Yeah. And I went, oh my god, what what's the deal with this one? And they very flippantly were like, oh, they use that one on a TV show. I got paid a bunch of money for it. It was awesome, and that's why it has. 20 times the the listens of anything else and so i mean yeah some people might think this is depressing but i think it's like I, i'm not too worried about i just want people to hear my music uh whether it results in something like that or not i just kind of want people to hear it i think that's the coolest thing uh i got i need to like internalize some of that and i'm, I'm getting better <laughs> about that but yeah one of my like major you know stumbling blocks or like excuses i use to procrastinate making more music is like ah no one's even gonna hear this but it's nice that mm -hmm. you're just like here like just just making it it's great well i'm not that much of a saint i when it comes to like the music videos on youtube i'm like please please listen to them <laughs> please yeah. go look at them um so uh so i'm not all good uh well i i can't believe we haven't even talked about the videos yet but let's that'll be like mm. a teaser for what we're going to talk about after we listen Ooh, to the okay. next song which is mm. your dad what do you think about just playing the song we could talk about it after because i think the subject matter is surprising and it might be fun for uh people to just hear that i say go for it and i'd recommend people to to stay stay listening to the lyrics the whole way through <laughs> to relieve her knock him out from behind she's at the scene of the crime she says it was a ghost i put your mom in a psych ward mom in a psych ward gaslight her ass put your mom in a psych ward thick d thick a thick 401k your dad your dad your dad that cash that class that dumpy trucky ass 
a sideboard Sorry about it, sorry about it, bitch, okay You're literally making such a big deal about it I put your mom in a sideboard Serves you right for being gay that was Your Dad by Ian Lockwood. Ian Lockwood is still with me. I love doing this as if someone's listening to a radio <laughs> show and not a podcast. Uh-huh. I listened to a uh, another episode that you did where you dropped it in the middle and I loved it. I was like, and welcome back if you're just joining us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your Dad, the song. I'm repeating myself. I really love this song. And it, I, it wasn't what I was expecting it to be about. But then once I realized what it was about, I was like, oh, of course, this is what this is about. Tell me about the song. <laughs> the song is such a blast. This one is probably my favorite to sing because it's got that little hip hop vibe and it's actually quite easy to sing. Uh, and it really goes somewhere. Uh, but this one definitely came out of uh, that classic. I like to sort of explore uh ideas i guess about gay culture because their ideas sort of thrust onto me onto gay men whether we like it or not um Mm -hmm. like uh (laughs) i don't think a a gay man has escaped without having to talk about daddy stuff at least once no one's ignorant to it (laughs) uh and so i kind of like to pull those ideas and be like yeah let's talk about it and let's go somewhere insane with it um and i think also Here's my tip for anyone who would like to write comedy music, actually. I think this one has the formula laid most bare, actually, which is that, in my opinion, people will get really, really bored with the same joke at exactly the two-minute mark or the bridge. Uh, And so you you got to give them something else. You got to either take it way farther or you got to just change it on them. And so this one, uh, of course, goes into gaslighting a beautiful mother into uh, being put into a psych ward so that you can steal someone's entire family. Uh, and so I would say I, I call it the, the B joke, the A joke and the B joke. Uh, if you're interested in writing comedy music, think about what else what else can you do when you get to that point? Because I've seen audiences fall asleep at the same joke for three minutes. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the things I really love about your music and, um, and your writing is that like that attention to the audience, even on a recording, you really are thinking through like mm. how, like what, what's next? Like there's got, what's, you know, what you just said, it's, it's, it's apparent in your writing in, in even joke a, right. Like that to me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, Oh, that like, where did that come from? How did you come up with that? And then there's a joke B. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think that probably comes from a stand up background of like storytelling. You can feel comfortable in the silence, but stand up, you can feel your audience slipping away. And even if you're telling them a really long story that has a huge payoff at the end, you probably want to pepper in a little laugh here, a little laugh there, something a little funny or flippant here. Um, I feel like I really learned that from uh, the comedian Paul F. Tompkins, who's one of my favorites, uh, who's like a long storyteller, but the whole way to the joke is quite funny. Uh, And so, yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to lose anybody, even though these were written fully in quarantine without an audience, I still brought to it that like, uh, 
oh, they need to, I need to keep them listening. Um, let's talk about <laughs> those videos because they're so good. The first thing I saw of yours was not like other girls. And to be mm -hmm. honest, I had that same like, oh, comedy, music. Okay, let me check it out. And <laughs> yeah. then I saw the video. I was like, okay, I'm in. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> They're so well produced. Thank you. That is also, uh, I always have to give it up to all the collaborators. That is uh, the core team. We had a lot of amazing people work on all of these, but the core team there was director David Olenoff, uh, director of photography, Sam Weinstein, and art director, Susie Clan who made everything look like a professional music video, which was really sick. Um, and they like uh, on, not like other girls, that was really David's vision. And he wanted to do this really fun horror thing. Um, and I got to bring in my friend, Abby Salzberg to act in it with me, which was really fun. And she's so Abby, if you're listening, you're so good at playing a uh, basic dumb B like you're incredible <laughs> at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they went wild. They went ham on these. They, I mean, it was still semi-quarantine at that time. It was summer. We were all vaccinated, but we still had to do like a small crew. And uh, they wanted to just like make stuff that they wanted to make for fun. And so we found a way to come together. And I was like, well, we have to take care of the jokes. We have to make sure that, that everything lands. But other than that, go crazy. And they did. And it. I really love how they came out. Ah, uh, it's so good. So I have a... a finance question because what we talked about mm -hmm. earlier about not being super um mm. you know worried about making money off of these projects although you did also mention you really love those youtube views but oh, yeah. like <laughs> the how do you balance that out like because it look the video sounds like you mm -hmm. invested some money into making them um oh yeah yeah discuss <laughs> what's that oh, how yeah. do you balance okay. that world well you're blowing up my spot and no one else has asked me about this, but I'm really, I am happy to mention that. I, I set like a budget, but it's probably less than you would think. I just saved up for my day job and threw a little into there. The director, David, wanted to do some fun experimental stuff and ended up covering like a rental or two here, here or there. Uh, on, on your dad, they got something called a split diopter. And they were like, we have to rent this. And I was like, I don't think we need this. And David was like, I'll, I'll pay for it. And guess what? He didn't use the split diopter. No way. <laughs> he didn't use it at all. And he was like, whatever, whatever. Who cares? But yes, it did cost money. So I'm probably like a little out of money, uh, out of, uh, I, I probably made a little bit of a negative on those videos, but I, I just love how they came out. And the, uh, I would say it does, they did actually probably cost a lot less than you think. And anyone trying to make videos like that, a few essential components uh, one, a director of photography who has his own like $20,000 camera is really helpful. He sets <laughs> us a deal. He, he was like, pay me, but don't pay, but like, I'll bring my gear. So that was incredible. That's the most expensive thing. Um, we use David's house for the not like other girls video. We use my house for the, your dad video. Uh, and we, uh, kind of just a, a lot of people willing to work for like their, like half their rate because they were just nice and friends. Um, yeah. If, if you, if anyone listening wants to make a cool video and worried, like, how do I get the money together for this? Find a director who has this whole network who likes what you do and wants to be your friend and then ask them to help you out. Uh, they'll probably be happy because to do every, yeah, oh yeah, to do everything we did on those videos, just by like, if I like hired somebody and was like, hey, please do all of this for the normal cost, that would have been like 
been like more than ten thousand dollars a video. That that wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. Uh, I love it. That, well, and it's, there's something to be said too for what you're saying, like finding finding a network, and also like it sounds like you've built mm-hmm. your own like community of artists who, you know, work together and really are excited about creating things. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that was also kind of the silver lining of quarantine is we had this really beautiful community built a lot around like live comedy and doing things in person, and all of a sudden. We don't have any of that. And uh, then people go, hey, let's make stuff. Let's make whatever we can. Uh, Love it. Yeah. And New York City, I got to tell you, I lived in Houston, Mm -hmm. Texas for, I I named the state just in case you didn't know where Houston was. uh, (laughs) Oh, God, I thought you meant Houston Street. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. It's easy to confuse. (laughs) Um, And it's, it was harder there to make original work and to like have it oh, seen. Really? Yeah. I, and, and it's partly what you're talking about. There's so many creative people here and so many people who are passionate about making things and theaters that want to like help artists have space. Like New York city is a cool place for, for people who were, you know, not superstars. I mean, it's great for them too, I'm sure, but like, it's not hard to get rolling here. Oh, absolutely. And like that, I see that a lot in the venues we do. There was a venue for a while called Vital Joint that was in the basement of a building um, that somebody just out of mostly charity decided to run for us. Um, And it was like the scariest, darkest basement. And it was the most fun I had for like two years there. It was I mean, the bathroom sometimes smelled horrible because it it was like under uh, ground level. But other than that, it was the coolest time it's so fun to do stuff there we should wrap things up um but two things we have to do before then <laughs> one is make sure people know <laughs> where to find you uh on the internet and elsewhere you can find me anywhere you love to stream music uh i have uh, through this process i've learned so many more people listen to apple music than i thought they did i thought we were all on spotify turns out no uh, <laughs> uh anywhere you like to stream music and then yeah i beg of you to go search me on youtube ian lockwood you'll find it uh throw on one of these song titles if if you're having trouble but you'll definitely find me because i'm really really happy with how the videos came out and i think people will like them yeah they need to be seen uh, i subscribed earlier today um so oh, i've done my you. i've done my homework <laughs> um and wait there was one other, oh i want to make sure people know that um if you're listening to the conversation you want to hear more uh, from me and ian um, and you're a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash Michael Heron and mm-hmm. you can hear a bonus podcast where we're going to talk about another song, which I don't even know what it is yet. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up by listening to another track from the EP. It's the title track, not like other girls. Any little tidbits you want to throw out, out about this one before we give it a listen? I really love this one. I love to sing this one. And I think uh, that it goes somewhere that you might not expect it to go. Uh, I think it's all about identifying as an individual being hyper important to the point where uh, people can be cruel to each other um, and, and dismissive of what, of what other people like. Uh, but it's also about uh, being an insane, insecure psycho person like myself. And what if I uh, sort of succumb to every horrible, nasty impulse I ever had? <laughs> And with that, <laughs> let's give it a listen. Ian, thank you so much for joining me today. It was been, it's been really great to talk to you. You too. So you want a blonde bimbo? Well, I have bad news. Because I'm not like other girls with golden curls. And I'm not confused. Yeah, you want a hard baby. Hairless and nude. 
Well, I'm full grown, even though I do love baby food. I'm different. Other girls like Instagram, but I read books. Other girls like holding hands, but I have hooks. I'm so weird and different, and they're all the same. I like spaghetti. Other girls don't like spaghetti. I'm not like other girls, I'm so different. I'm quirky, I'm random, banana, jacuzzi. Other girls don't like me, cause I'm too cute and sexy. I'm not like other girls, and I'm very low maintenance and chill. Other girls like sending texts, but I send mail. Other girls are prim and proper, I'm in jail. I'm so weird and different, and they're all the same. I don't like Mondays, other girls don't like lasagna. I'm not like other girls, I'm so different. I'm quirky, I'm random, Toledo Bobby. Other girls don't like me, cause I'm too cute and sexy. I'm not like other girls, and my uncle works at Nintendo. Other girls like pumpkin spice, I like my latte rancid. Other girls like pop music, I don't know what that is. I've been around the world, Perry, LA. I'm the only girl who's been on a plane. And I bet you didn't know I was British, bruv. I'm the only girl who is British. I'm not like other girls, I'm so different. I'm quirky, I'm random, Hillary, Benghazi. Other girls don't like me, cause I'm too and sexy I'm not like other girls In that I'm so much worse Yeah I'm not like the other girls Like other girls Like other girls I'm not like the other girls Like other girls I'm not like the other girls Like other girls Like other girls I'm not like the other girls Like other girls Bloody hell That was Not Like Other Girls, the title track from Ian Lockwood's latest EP, Not Like Other Girls. Uh, Thanks, Ian, for being on the show. And my apologies for how long it took me to publish this interview. But uh, why not have an extra wave of uh, attention to your work from the vast uh, ocean of Mikey Pod listeners? Uh, If you liked Ian's work, be sure to check out his YouTube channel, especially I'll put links on my still under construction website um, in the show notes for this. Um, and other than that, I'm really grateful for you to listen. Happy New Year. Um, and I'll see you next next time. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>